recruiting ish web three world-class podcast let's get it let's go the topics of discussion you cannot get from another opportunities in web three we got you covered meta intro been dope gotta thank you for the love and support that you're giving keep it coming we going up in jazz fees interviews with the crews making moves let's see it's a brand new world of nfts join in recruiting ish podcast yes please join in recruiting ish podcast yes please Meta Intro does not give financial advice. Information provided by Meta Intro is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. Always do your own research on the companies that you apply to and the opportunities that you invest in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Recruiting Niche Podcast. Before we get into the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. Hey there, fellow podcast listeners. I'm Kevin Logan Jr., host of the Immutable Mindset Podcast. If you're fascinated by Web3, blockchain, and disruptive technology, then you won't want to miss a show. Join me and co-host Adam Posner as we introduce you to an incredible lineup of successful entrepreneurs, builders, and industry veterans who share their insider knowledge, unique perspectives, and personal stories that will leave you inspired and craving more. Like Mike Isogawa, the CEO of Webacy, who shares her journey from being a Cirque du Soleil performer to a cybersecurity pioneer. Or Dave Schwed, COO of Halborn, who discusses the future of digital asset security and how the future of assets will be tokenized. We also break down complex topics into digestible bits, perfect for both experts and newcomers to the world of Web3. So if you're ready to stay ahead of the curve, subscribe to the Immutable Mindset Podcast now, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Recruiting Niche Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm your crypto recruiter. Lacey is out this week. She is doing the conference circuit, uh, but check the Discord as well as the info below to see Lacey in real life. She's got some awesome uh, conferences that she's been working through. Last week was International Women in Blockchain. Um, This week, I don't know where she is, but I think it's an NFT conference somewhere, so be sure to check her out. But in the meantime, uh, we do have a very special guest co-host here, uh, Rudy from the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. We're including some links below, um, as well as images on the screen of Wholesome Crypto. Um, but yeah, Rudy, happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and, and kind of Wholesome Crypto. Yeah, um, super glad to be here. Thanks, Alex. And um, yeah, been following Meta Intro for a little while, so definitely appreciate what you're working on. And it kind of you know falls in line with what Wholesome Crypto is doing. I have a podcast that I host and I interview founders, builders, entrepreneurs, and leaders in the space kind of get their personal story of how they got into crypto. So those people who took the full leap into full-time crypto, leaving their jobs and working in that industry, and then also hiring people in the crypto space, kind of get their whole opinion of how they're doing, how they got into it and what they're building and why. That's awesome. How, how did you get started with this? I mean, this fell in my lap, but how did podcasting kind of come on your radar of all things to kind of do in Web3? Good question. I mean, I've been in crypto since 2013, so I've been following it for a while. Um, I'm not a dev- I'm not a developer. I wouldn't call myself a developer. I can read code, but again, not my day to day thing. And you know, looking for jobs in crypto, it's either you're a developer or a marketer. Like that's yep. that's all I'm looking for. And I'm like, I'm neither of those things right now. Um, but I just wanted to contribute back into the space, like whatever I could, community management. Uh, just writing like technical reports, whatever I can to help the industry. So in 2017, that was my first crypto job as a community manager. Um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, it was just fun being part of the community, helping out, answering questions, learning as much as I can, and giving back as much as I can to the industry that I love. That was a short-term thing, about a year or two. 
but then that was 2017 then back in 2022 i was like all right i still am in this industry but i i want to give back some way and i've been noticing a lot of toxicity in the industry like my blockchain is better than your blockchain. You should join this one. I, my my yes. value is worth more than yours. And I'm like, like, I was, this is not what we're supposed to be about, guys. Like, this is a community that we're all in together as, as a society that we're trying to develop. And I'm hearing a lot of awesome projects being built. And I don't necessarily see a voice for them. It's always those companies that have that big budget or big VC firm backing them up, creating some project. And then getting rug pulled. I mean, we see it often. And then we see an NFT project, the same thing. Again, that's not what crypto is about. It's giving a bad rep. So I'm thinking here, all right, I have to bring back the wholesome side, the human side of crypto. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. There's a lot of things that are tough in the industry. It's really hard for people to build their business or build their brand. And I want to give them a voice. Those people that don't have all the money, but they have all the heart in what they're building. And I want to give that them their chance to give their story. That's awesome. No, I think that's super cool. That that was a similar view that I had on the industry. And I think it still exists, right? Which is like, there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of conflict for everybody to be kind of rooting for the same reasons, right? Like we all see that things need to change. We see the technology really changing things. But again, it's like, which blockchain is best? What's going to make yeah. more money? Like there are some weird stories. So it's good to hear that you're taking the, the wholesome side to it. And as well, I think, you know, in the community management side, we get questions about how do we get into that? It seems like such a cool job. And again, good to hear from somebody who's made the transition and then made another transition out of that into even something even bigger. So excited to kind of talk through that. And again, talk to other people in the space that are, are looking to do something similar. Absolutely. There's so many, especially now, there's so many amazing opportunities in crypto. I think it took me a little longer to realize, like, you can build your own brand, you can build your own persona, you can create your own uh, background and what you want to be in crypto. If you find a project that you love or a project that, that really resonates with you and you contribute, you are noticed. That's not easy to do in most Web2 companies. I can't be a Google advocate and say, I love Google, it's the best platform ever, like I wanna be a part of it. Sure. I'm gonna get ignored, like it's the same for Apple or like whatever Web2 industry, it's hard to be noticed. But in Web3, the more you are a promoter, the more you are a person who follows and understands the project, the more you talk about it, you will get noticed and you will get picked up by those companies. Definitely, no, and I, I think it's cool too, like the podcasting route and your podcast is a prime example, like seeing who you've had on the podcast, Founders, I mean, high up people, tech, non-tech, everything in between. I mean, you're able to connect directly with the people building these projects and again, share their story, share their information. So it's a, it's a cool opportunity to get more people into that. And like I said, that's, that's kind of what we're at about at Recruiting-ish is helping people bridge that gap from web two to web three. And then once they get to web three, just really trying to extend their skills and kind of network because it is so closely tied. It's funny how small of a, a pool in a world like Web3 crypto is once you get into yeah, it. Well, totally. well, cool, man. Well, I mean, we we always start off um, just kind of talking through headlines. This has been a crazy uh, year, a crazy couple weeks. I mean, within the last week, it seems like there's some crazy regulation coming through from the SEC, CFTC. 
Uh, yeah. looks like Coinbase got a Wells notice. Binance is under investigation. Just saw SBF has got some new charges. Um, yeah. Rudy, from your side, what's kind of your view of the state of, of crypto right now? It's, that's a good question because a lot of people contact me asking, oh, what do you think of crypto now? As, you know, bankings are, banks are collapsing because of crypto or governments trying to attack crypto. And it's all pointing towards why the centralized entities are hurting crypto. And the whole point of crypto is to be decentralized. So it's like crypto is doing what it's always been doing. It's been trying to be decentralized and it's trying to show the power of why like people in the industry, humans of the industry can work together to build a better system that, you know, agrees with each other. And they're bad actors are mostly centralized people who are trying to abuse power that they have because they have full control over their money or your money, such as like yeah, FTX. They had full control over the money that was going in. They moved funds around that they shouldn't have. Um, the government is pushing back because there is a threat to their monetary system. And Binance, I don't know what they're doing with their money either. They're not, I don't think they're very open. I don't know so if anybody being... knows. <laughs> and that's the tough yeah. part. It's like, they're not very open and they're being investigated. So like, I'm thankful for Coinbase because yeah, again, I'm, I'm always trying to push decentralization, but sometimes you, like decentralization is also important to help adopt. There is a bridge that we need to build between web two, web three and start that change. Cause it can't, it's not going to happen overnight and it's probably a very slow process. And it's, it's a, it's interesting to watch. Like this is like disruption at its finest. This is what disruption looks like. It's not supposed to be easy or pretty or getting everyone along. It's kind of just the opposite. It's pretty chaotic and it's, it's a battle. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's weird to see the traditional finance world blame crypto and then crypto's blaming the traditional finance world. And then the regulators are somewhere in the middle trying to figure out both sides, right? Because you could say, hey, crypto needs regulation. I think regulation is good. I think there'll always be, at least in the US, some aspect. There'll be decentralized, centralized. There'll be some middle ground, like you said, a bridge. But traditional finance has been around for forever and they still can't get it yep. together, right? Like <laughs> banks are falling apart. It's super tough. I mean, just in the past week, I've been trying to like open a new bank account and it's a pain in the ass. It's like sending money between places is impossible in banks. And I could send you a billion dollars in Bitcoin or USDC in, you know, 20, 30 seconds, but not a minute or less. And it costs me basically nothing. So like, I think it's, it's cool to see the use case for crypto really shining right now, but it's also tough because I think people who are on the fence are like backing off of crypto. Like it, it sounds like you're diving even deeper versus kind of retreating from the crypto narrative. Totally. And that's, this is like use case, like one-on-one, like things I've learned since 2013. It's like when things are looking bad, it's a good time to get in. Well, you hope so, right? Like that's the whole <laughs> idea. It's invest when the market's down, you know, and like sell when the market's up. But I mean, I'm not a good trader. I wouldn't take my advice, but it's just like, it's a tough times. It, is when people start like really coming out and building on top of it, like the mortgage crisis in 2008, 2009, that's when Bitcoin came about. It's, that's when it first was released. And that's when it was a great time to release it because it, was, it had a huge adoption because there was a problem and everyone saw there was a problem. And this was hopefully a solution to that problem. And now we're kind of seeing again, like 
there is a problem and people are scared and nervous and governments are trying their best to save their monetary system, but crypto can help. It can enhance a financial system and it doesn't have to necessarily completely collapse a government. It can work with the government and it can help a society. It doesn't have to be one or all, but it's, 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 it's not easy. I mean, like I definitely am always going to promote crypto. That's my current beliefs are at least. It seems to be working out pretty well. And I kind of want to know more about like your side too, of how you're seeing it being in like, I think you're in a, a company that's like a bridging between web two and web three. And how does that feel for you? Yeah. So I think from my experience, the bridge is probably the most important part. Um, I mean, for people like us that dove into crypto early on, um, you know, I was 2016, 17. Um, so again, still late, but earlier than, than some, it was revolutionary to me, but I still talk to my parents or my grandparents about it and they'll never be able to set up a wallet or, you know, bridge assets or even swap on like Uniswap. So, you know, the Coinbase's of the world, um, you know, I'd say Kraken's up there, you know, the centralized exchange space or bridge space with traditional finance like Fidelity or Onyx or JP Morgan, I think is huge. Um, I really do think, you know, that's where the majority of people are going to come from. Um, but there's still a lot of work to be done, right? Like I think building products in this environment is tricky. You know, you have to be able to, yeah. you know, think so far ahead into what's safe, what's regulatory um, within those lines and, and really what's usable. Um, and I think for me personally, like I'm excited about the utility of crypto. Um, investing in crypto is great, but same like you, I'm, I try to trade. I've made some money. I've lost more. Um, you know, it's yeah. a lot of frustration that comes with that. And like, it's part of my portfolio, but like, you know, I like the application of let's use USDC to move money or settle funds instead of, you know, just USD and bank wires, right? Like I, I do see a lot of those applications and I think that's really what I'm excited for. And I'm hoping that throughout this period, we've definitely seen a lot of people back off from the space for either cost cutting reasons, you know, scared of regulation or just shifting to other things like AI. Um, you know, I'm really hoping not everybody leaves because in a few years when we figure this out, it's going to blossom um, and it's really going to be an, an awesome, you know, new wave of technology, even better than what we've seen, you know, since, you know, 2012 around then. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, again, it's like, I've, I've said it before, like this is everything going on with the traditional world has definitely made me more bullish on crypto, but there's still some bad actors that I think are getting shaken out. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that affects, you know, liquidity, how that affects how people make markets in the next couple of years. Yeah. And it's funny how you said um, like parents and grandparents using crypto, it's still a long ways away or if ever, but then you, if you think about it, I mean, my parents use digital banking, it's online banking. A lot of their money is online. It's, yep. it's cash isn't king anymore. And as soon as we make crypto that easy to use, I feel like the transition will be so much more seamless right now. It's kind of tough, like Coinbase and you have to, buy and invest and then you have to see their prices go up and down it's kind of weird and scary and yeah once we get into a point where like imagine if your salary is paid in crypto and 
my like the parents or salaries are paid in crypto and they buy their groceries in crypto and have a system that's friendly for just simple exchanges like using a card to swipe for crypto payments it's like there's some of that exists now but it's it's getting there and i'm i i think it will come i think it's gonna come a little faster than we think i hope so at least but yeah it's definitely yeah. a fun process to watch no i i think so too i like i i don't know what the exact you know representation of it is but it's it's like the idea of like the top layer is just like everything else right maybe it's a debit card maybe it's your bank portal whatever but the underlying infrastructure is blockchain or you know mm -hmm. digital assets to settle and move and everything like that and inevitably at some point in the future you might be using crypto and you never know it just because the user experience and interfaces are built so well that it's a similar experience to what you've used before and it's like people can learn right i mean like we're still in the age where you know we first saw cell phones and social media and you know all these things come about like we figured it out pretty quickly you know yep. once you jump into it so like i think it just takes people you know taking the jump and then once they see the actual like use case it's very hard to go back to the kind of archaic banking system you know <laughs> nobody i would never write a check again if i ever had to oh, yeah. be very frustrated i'm like what's this I have to write this down like i have to write a hundred dollars in yep plain letters and in the number format it's like come on like how many times yep. do i have to let you know oh yeah well and it's i think it's going to be cool too on education like i'm really bullish on the education and crypto space and like i've even seen you know there's blockchain clubs at universities and i think that'll start to filter down hopefully to lower um grade levels to where like you know we had a finance class where we had a fake checkbook and a fake credit card it's like who knows, 10 years from now, you know, kindergartners might be setting up wallets, you know, to connect to their, you know, parents' accounts or whatever it is. Like it's yeah. it's interesting to think about that that might happen pretty soon. Exactly. And like I love how you say that, like the meetups that are that are happening, there's so many more every time. Like I travel to different cities and I'm like, where's the crypto meetup? That's the first thing I look for. And you meet so many amazing people doing so many different amazing things. And I think that's also another way to like get a grasp of what's happening in the, in the communities. Definitely. Yeah. Any, um, any ones in particular, like any groups that you recommend kind of the listeners to join either real life, virtual discords, anything like that you've seen helpful in kind of your journey? Uh, I mean, from Boston, the Boston DAO is awesome. Boston people are awesome. There's awesome, um, events they have like biweekly or weekly they have different speakers come along, uh, to talk. If you've ever gone to Medellin, Colombia, they have an awesome crypto community there. Uh, where else? I will also like Denver is awesome because of ETH Denver. But yeah, like New York also has a lot of crypto communities, crypto meetups. I think, um, yeah, if you're in a major city, it's easy to find. And if you're in a place that doesn't have one, it's, you can start one yourself. Like when I was living in South Carolina for a few years, back in 2018 or something like that, there wasn't a crypto community. So I'm like, I guess I'll make one. I hope to meet some friends and like figure it out. So yeah. I did. And it was fun. I met some people and, you know, then you figure out there's other people who are also interested in and you just keep growing that way. It's a slow grow, but. Yeah, it's it's cool when you go to those new areas, right? You're in a place where you're like, I don't know anybody. What do I do? And like crypto is like a entrance badge, right? Like if you work in crypto, yeah. if you make content in crypto, like you get, you gain access, right? Like there's this cool community where, you know, you kind of earn respect by 
you know, working in the industry. And then again, once you meet everybody, it's like, oh, you know, this person and I worked with them. And like, you start finding all these cool other things to where, again, that's like how we got connected, right? It's just like general community yeah. and, you know, people in the space. So, well, that's awesome, man. Well, next part of, of kind of the segment um, that's been gaining a lot of popularity with the Meta Intro Discord group, um, as well as Twitter is kind of soliciting questions um, throughout the community and Web3. Um, they're a mix. I think some of them are frustrations, right? Like hiring um, or I guess applying, finding a job in Web3 is frustrating. Right now it's an even trickier time. Um, some are yeah. success stories, right? Like, hey, people, other people sharing. Um, or again, just general questions on like our experiences. So uh, we're both seeing these for the first time. Well, I'll, I'll read through them. Um, I'll throw it out to Rudy. I'll answer as well. Um, and again, for the next episodes, feel free to connect with us on the Discord or through Twitter for any questions you might have. I can do live recording or just tweet it to us. All right. You ready? Ready. Cool. All right. So Code Curiosity on Twitter wrote to us, how to get a remote Web3 job as an experienced Web2 developer. So I guess breaking it down, you know, remote's important. Um, he's in Web2, but wants to get in Web3, like from your experience. I know you're non-tech, but, you know, maybe just in general, like what's, what's some good places to start? Good question. And I think you're on the right path already. I mean, having Web2 experience is awesome. And it's not so far from Web3 coding. Solidity is very close to JavaScript. You can probably know what you're doing pretty much more quickly than I would. So definitely you already have a huge leg up. I think the hardest part is finding a project that you want to be part of. The hardest part about applying for jobs is, I guess for me too, like when I just throw out resumes and not honestly like tailoring it into a way where the hiring person can see that I have interest or experience in them specifically, not just a broad term, I'm a web two developer, are you hiring? That doesn't interest hirers, that's just, okay. There's a bunch of those, but what can you offer it's differently? Or what have you done to prove that you've done differently? So I would say dabble in Web3 coding. So small projects just to say that, hey, I was able to link MetaMask API with my website to sign a transaction. That will go a long way. And then being active in the community can actually take you a long way with, okay, this person's active in the community. He likes our project. Oh, and hey, guess what? He is a Web2 person, like, like a developer. So he has the capability to learn how to develop. And most companies look for people who want to learn and want to be part of their company, not just someone who can do the work. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I mean, like you said, I, I would agree, right? Like Web2 skills are what is building Web3. That's like foundational skills that everybody's looking for. And I think the only other part I would add is for some of the smaller startups, they're not really looking for the skills, but they're looking for some of the training that you got from web two for, you know, process, you know, how to build around just your role. So not just coding, but maybe how, you know, to train somebody or ramp somebody up in a different environment, right? Like, People talk about Amazon or Google having really good training environments. A small startup doesn't have that. So if you're coming from web to not only, you know, share your technical skills, but also talk through 
you know, some of the other stuff that you can bring that people are really interested in. Um, I guess like question to that for your specific experience coming from web two into web three, um, I know you worked at prime trust. Was there something about them? Like, as you were searching that you were like, this, this looks great. Um, you know, based on the technology or product, like how did you kind of sort through, you know, the web three companies, crypto companies that you were interested in? Good question. So yeah, prime trust was a great example of a bridge between web two, web three, they were you know, API financial infrastructure tool, and I would help customers uh, onboard with our API and kind of get them started with doing on-ramping, off-ramping crypto transactions and fiat transactions. And I think at their point, it was still very much Web2 heavy, like API calls, that's all Web2 stuff. Um, and in hopes that they would build more into Web3. So I was hoping like, you know, the day for digital, like digital logins, crypto wallets, and kind of work more with creating a digital identity. But yeah, they were still stuck in the web too. That's, it's not easy to make a, as a bridge, it's really hard to do both. I think yeah. because you have a lot of old processes that need to be converted into new processes and it's not an easy translation. It takes a while. It's much easier to just start from web three up, skip over all the web two stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like go right into DeFi and don't worry about CeFi. So that's like same thing with Coinbase. Like they're very much web two, even though just now they're starting with web three with like wallet as a service and their own Coinbase wallet and NFT projects. That's, that's very recent. Coinbase has been around for a long time and just now they're really becoming more of a web three company. Definitely. Yeah. That was, that was the running kind of joke I used to mention when people would ask me about like, they, they assume like Coinbase or even a place like Prime Trust was just only like crypto native people. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, there's a minority that is crypto native. Most people are from Facebook or Google or other, yeah. you know, startups in fintech, right? Like it's not just DGEN's building, right? Like they need <laughs> some of the kind of adults from some of these companies to kind of help with the other stuff. Um, and I, I definitely like kind of what you said about trying to evaluate that and finding the bridge. Um, Cause again, like you said, once you get to the bridge, then if you want to go the DGEN route, there's probably even more opportunities. Or again, you can choose between web two or web three. I know, and it's like funny how you say that because I was definitely the guy that was a crypto guy in Prime Trust. I'm like, like one of the many, there's like a few, but like a handful versus right. like the hundreds they had employed. So it's just, it's like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll, I'm fine explaining it. Sure, I love to teach <laughs> everyone about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it pro provides some op other opportunities, right? Where you're like, you're like, I didn't think I was a subject matter expert by any means, and I'm not, but yeah. comparatively, right? You're like a higher level than most people, which again, for code curiosity, like could be a really good opportunity to, you know, share your skills. Um, exactly. Well, cool. So I think to that point, we always, we get a lot of questions and this one's from Gia Kobe. Um, broad question. We get this a lot, but would love your take. How do you get a web three opportunity with minimal experience? Um, I think a lot of these questions come into like community management. So if you could talk through like how you got started in community management, I think that'd be awesome for the listeners. Yeah. And great question because it's not easy. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's um, people who say just get a job in crypto. It's, it's, it's work. You have to give free work before you get a job in, in Web3. And especially in a role like community management, 
there are lots, it's, it's pretty competitive. There's lots of people who want to get into it too. Best way that you can get into it. So like I said before, first, just be active. You be a community manager without asking, without paying, getting paid. You just answer everyone's questions. Be polite, be nice, be helpful. The admins of that group will see you for that. And then they would probably be like, oh, this person's great. Let's get them on board. How I got my community management position was uh, I was doing my uh, MBA at school. And one of my assignments was to interview CEOs of companies to see how they got started. So I was following this company, Utrust, and uh, it was a crypto company back in 2017. They're still going now. But I went to the CEO. I just DM'd him and said, hey, like, I'm a student. Uh, my One of my assignments is to interview CEOs. And I wanted to know how you got started. Would it be okay to have a 30-minute interview? He said, yeah, of course, sure. Lo and behold, after that 30-minute conversation, I was like, do you have any positions open? Like, do you need any help with our project? I've been following and being helpful in the community. So, yeah, sure. Let's see what you've got. Let's see what you can do. And at that point, I joined as a community manager and started just being super active on their to- on their Telegram chat. And then as that time grew, like the company got more and more busy. We started hiring uh, moderators that I would manage. So like my position grew. And that was an awesome experience because like, you know, I was putting good work. They recognized it. And I was promoted for doing good work. And I think that's the... Um, that's the real key is just to do the work without getting paid for a bit and then it'll come. That's why it's really important to love the project you want to work for rather than just trying to find a job. It makes it a little bit harder when you're just looking rather than more more uh, passionate about what you're trying to do. That's No, that's awesome. I think the ideal of, or the idea of the free work side or just con- you know contributing, right? Like not even expecting a job, but just really being interested in the company and and wanting to contribute to the community is something we've talked about. I think the one question we get back to that is always, how do I know if I'm giving free work that it will turn into something? Um, I think people are scared. They'll get like taken advantage of, right? Because there is some of that, like you don't know if you're just getting kind of used. Um, Like in your experience, did you ever feel frustrated by that or like concerned that maybe it wasn't um going to turn into something it was just going to be you know them getting some work out of you for a brief period absolutely um it's going to happen i when i say that i was trying to be community manager it wasn't just for one company and done i tried multiple different communities different chats and it's i think the most important thing to see is when you are contributing it's not just you by yourself. You see the admins also like seeing what you're writing. If, if you have an active admin who is a core member of the team, they are likely to push for you when the time comes. If you're contributing to a huge group chat where everyone's just being you know, pushed aside, all their messages is being pushed and you're, you're kind of getting ignored, you're trying your best, but like you're not receiving feedback, one, from the community or two, from any admins in the group, then you're most likely just getting ignored. And that sucks. It's not easy. It And it's going to happen. I think, I think people um, sometimes underestimate how hard it is to give free work. You hope for something and nothing comes from it. It's, it's not a good feeling. It's not something it's, you can't promise it's not going to happen. That's yeah. It's just something you have to like really keep track and keep an eye out 
you kind of get the vibe of the community if you're being respected and replied to and people are saying oh you know alex mentioned this answer earlier read the post like that that means like you are being seen and that's what yeah. the key objective is is to be seen that's awesome no i think that's that's great um in terms of like you said reading the room um knowing when to stop sounds like that's kind yeah. of part of it right like don't just keep going like know if you're not getting far maybe focus on another one um and then i think like everything in crypto do your research right like make sure the product or project or the team is reputable um is legit um and has kind of best intentions of heart but um how long did that take you from like the free period to like actually earning money a long time ago um probably about a month or so okay so not bad not bad, but I mean, still a lot of work, work is yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the crypto time. It's just 24 seven. It's a, uh, it's taxing for sure. Yeah. Well, glad to hear it worked out. Um, and again, if, if you're looking into that community path, I know it's competitive. So like Rudy mentioned, yeah. um, look to stand out in a couple different ways. Um, okay, cool. Next question. Let's see. So we've got S McFly who wants to know, and this is, I guess, kind of, you know, not community manager centric, but wants to know how to gain skills to display to employers as being crypto native, um, looking for non-technical roles, um, such as business development. So get these questions a lot, which are, how do I become skillful in crypto in a legitimate way um, that I can, you know, hand to an employer on a resume, I could speak to it during an interview that kind of carries weight. It's a good question. So non-technical way, which is again, kind of what I focus on, it's writing articles, writing guides, how to even, I mean, even API guides, they're sort of technical, but you don't have to do any of the coding yourself. It's finding those early startups projects that are kind of just pushing out as much information as they can without any like flow without much of a like uh, structure. If you can help write those articles, write those guides, or give explanations about cryptocurrencies in a simple to digest fashion, like my first couple articles for Wholesome Crypto were about like how to use Bitcoin, what's a private key. Even though there's a hundred of those already out there, just writing my own form is a huge bonus. And then writing my own thoughts, kind of giving my own flavor of it. And you never know, maybe people will actually enjoy what you write because your fashion um, resonates more with the way they think. And that's, I think that's the key is kind of just write and put out guides out there so people can resonate with you as a person and how you think. And even if the content already exists 100 times over, just by writing it over and over again helps you also remember it. It's like going to school and like trying to cheat. It's like you write the cheat notes on your paper, yep. but for some reason, because you wrote all the notes, you actually remembered the whole equation and didn't have to cheat anymore. It's just like, just ingrain it into your mind and be an expert in your field and show that you know what you're talking about rather than just saying, I know what I'm talking about. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that's, there's a lot of that in the industry, right? Which is like people presenting themselves as knowledgeable, but like you mentioned, it's, you need to have like documentation to back it up, but also it's not just copy and paste, right? Like it's in your tone, it's in your writing. 
Um, is there any platforms that you've seen or used yourself that you think are, you know, notable of doing that either social or I know there's like some journal kind of blogging ones coming around like Substack. Um, do you have any recommendations for platforms? Um, there's such a, such a huge variety. And again, being budget conscious, you're looking for a job, so you're not trying to spend money. Substack works great for that. If you have like 10 bucks a month to spare and you want to do something more customizable, Ghost is also a great platform. I think Beehive is one of them. Again, there's Twitter, but it's kind of easy to get drowned out in Twitter. Yeah, I think those are kind of the basic ones. Bear blog, which is like a very minimum blog, which is fun to write in. Um, yeah, there's no perfect blog or platform. It's kind of just, the thing is like you can always move over to, so just write. That's like the hardest thing is just to write and get it down on paper. And you can export to whatever one you feel best after you kind of get a feel for it. Yeah, I agree. I think I've seen... It's kind of funny because once you start following like some notable people, you see kind of where their content's coming from and they're doing a similar approach, which is you maybe start on Substack, you move it to Twitter, you do some threads, that, tw that Twitter thread might go to LinkedIn, then they might be on a podcast, right? Like they are kind yeah. of mobilizing their content across platforms. And it's, it's funny we're talking about that because the next question I was going to bring up is from Ekarika who was wondering like, hey, as a, a content writer in crypto and blockchain, like what are some resources available? What are some platforms and tools? So those are prime examples. Um, I'd say the only other recommendation, because this has helped me tremendously, is like the podcasting route. Um, I've learned more in just talking to people on a podcast than I have in quite a while. Um, but I don't know, Rudy, do you, you recommend people go to podcasting or should they try other stuff first? Um, what do you think? Um, yeah, I don't, I guess podcasting is a fun route. It's definitely time consuming. If you like to write as your content writer, a good method could be to hit up some founders or, uh, entrepreneurs in the space who don't have time to write for themselves. It can be a ghostwriter, And that's a huge bonus ad because people love that. Like they, they want you, if you, they want to be able to say things, but they don't have all the time in the world to write or even edit. That can be your role. Like I'm a pro at this stuff. I know how to make words sound better than chat GPT. So use me to like write it out for you. Again, podcasting, again, that's a route for me. I don't, I don't think I'm the best writer. I kind of have to force myself to do it. It's not, not easy. I'm definitely like the type of person who just edits while, while they write, which is the apparently the wrong approach. I have to like brain dump on paper and then you spend all your time editing and then make it as concise as possible so it's digestible and it's yeah it's, it's hard for me and something i'm still practicing with um so i went podcasting so i could just freely just talk about things and i think i need that human connection of seeing the person and talking to them directly it helps me out so yeah i think if you have this if you know you're a writer don't steer away from it you can still do podcasting you can still have fun with other things but Take your strong skill set, go to people who might need it and tell them this is my skill set. Like I can do this well for you. Don't, don't be shy to sell yourself because that is what it is like to find a job. It's, you have to sell yourself to these people who are trying to hire for you. It's a, it's a competitive place. Yeah. Well, and, and I think on the writing side, when you see or hear good writing or even, you know, spoken word from writing, that's super articulate and very concise. It moves 
I mean, mountains, right? Like if you have yeah. that skill, there's, it's super in demand. I know obviously, like you mentioned, chat GPT is spitting out some written content, but you, I think most people can tell when that's been written through there versus having that like human component. Um, and I think even for me on podcasting, right? Like every time before I get in a podcast, it's like, it's nerve wracking, right? Like you mentioned, you put yourself out there. You have to really like continue to get some reps, either, you know, writing or content or community management. Like you gotta be patient. It's nerve wracking. There might be better people out there. You might self doubt yourself. Um, and it's tough, right? Like you mentioned, it's a super competitive place right now because everybody wants to be in crypto. Yeah. And it's really hard to, especially starting out like with podcasting writing and not seeing your views go up some of my episodes have like tens of views some have hundreds of views some like i'm i don't know why it's just i'm i'm not a different person i guess i'm doing better with my editing or my speech or like my pitch on twitter but uh once you start practicing over and over again you do get better at what you're meant to do what you want to do and you figure out how to play that that game like how to put out better tweets or get a get a better title it's it's not easy and it's definitely a learning process and the whole way there's going to be you know demotivating parts but don't forget like also everyone experiences those you're not the only person who gets demotivated you know i did i get it like i'm sure elon musk gets demotivated sometimes like the bankless crew that are huge in the media industry also get demotivated it's like it's just part of the battle and it, it will come to fruition if you do keep pursuing what you feel like is right for you. Well, I think those are, uh, those are wise words, right? And to the people who ask questions, thank you. Hopefully some of this um, helped you in your search for the next episodes. Um, like we mentioned, we'll, we'll take any questions you got, live tweets, um, emailed in. There's a few different ways. Um, just bring them on us. We're, we're ready to, to hit the ground running with those um, as well. Like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, check out Rudy's podcast, Wholesome Crypto. We will link everything in there. Um, definitely hoping to have him on the show again. So let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. We're like Rudy said, we're always trying to make it better. Um, you know, if you like different formats or the way we do it, um, give us some insight. But Rudy, thank you for coming. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the, uh, the podcast circuit or in a conference at some time soon. Thank you. Glad to be here, Alex. You bet. Well, thank you for listening to Recruiting-ish. We'll see you on the next episode.